Here are matches for the greatest. All right, <laughs> it's going. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the first episode of The Greatest. And of course, Hello. for this one, I had to have a very special guest, uh, Brittany Herzbrun. Say hi, Brittany. Hi, guys. Hey. Hello. Um, and of course, you guys might recognize her from her own podcast, uh, The Review Review, which mm -hmm. is still going strong. <laughs> It's still going. Yeah, we're on a little bit. It's a little hard to do a virtual podcast with four different people. Yeah, that's like a lot of talking over each other. So we're on a little bit of a hiatus right now. I think we have one episode to release, but we're trying to let who knows how long this is going to last. <laughs> so we're trying to like spread it out a little bit. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Still so going. that'll be back and that'll be uh, stronger than ever. I'm sure everybody has to go on a weird hiatus right now, I think. Will it be, though? Because nobody's writing Yelp reviews right now, you know? So there's going to be, like, nothing. I mean, you or could. Maybe you could. Maybe there's going to be. There might be those people who, like, get pickup for places now, and they just write really obnoxious reviews that it's, like, really, you're going to complain about that during the coronavirus but pandemic. Yeah, yeah, that happens. People, like, because I'm working at a, at a grocery store, so I'm, people are ridiculous about the stuff that they're getting upset at right now. What are people getting upset at you? Because every time I go to a grocery store, I am like, I'm like, I am so sorry that I'm even here right now. Like, <laughs> I apologize. Like, I'm like, like, just being extra nice to everybody. And I like feel so bad for everyone. Well, you're one of the so good people then, because I have people that will be surprised or upset that we're out of things. I'm, it just doesn't even make sense how you could be looking around like unless you just woke up from a coma how do you not know that yeah. we're in a pandemic and everybody's like buying everything did you hear about there were people like filming big brother maybe it was like in the uk or something and so like and I ne i've never watched the show but they keep you in a house and you don't have like access to technology or anything like oh. that so they like had to make them aware of what was going on they had no <laughs> idea which I think would have been preferable. Like, I would not have wanted... Well, I guess, you know, you have family and stuff that you want to check on, but I think that would have been... Like, how weird to go into a house for this game show and come out and the world is, like, completely different. That would be so crazy. <laughs> they should continue it just to get the reactions of all the people that were unaware of that, what, what was going on at the time. I know. That'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be. All right. Basically, we're like big brother right now just like stuck in a house yeah i don't know if that's what the show's about but maybe <laughs> it's like a, it's like a real world except uh british they do have it in america too i think there's like like you have to like form an alliance and mm. try and make it to the end and like you don't know if you can trust people it stresses me out to think about because i don't know i don't I know thought you I love reality tv shows i do like some reality tv shows but like stuff like that where you have to like you're like, oh, is this person my friend and they're mm. going to vote for me until the very end right. sort of thing? Like, I just don't know if I would do well. And I think that I would like just, I don't know. I don't know if I would either be one of the people that's like bad <laughs> and like screws people <laughs> or if I would be like the person that like trusts everyone when they say they're going to vote for me and then I mm. get like screwed. In the end. I don't know I if you're that trusting that you would just trust people, dude. Like, would you just trust people? I don't, but I think my thing is, I would be like, oh, well, of course, like, they like me, mm. like, so they want me to be here, you know? I think that's what I would trust. <laughs> Are you competitive? Um, yes, but internally. Like, I don't like to show that I'm competitive because I don't like to be embarrassed if I lose at something. So I won't say, like, I'll just be, I, I will be like, oh, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. But inside, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it bothers me. Well, that sounds yeah. like you'd be great at then because you don't have to be like so out. You'd be able to compete with yourself and not let it known to other people so they wouldn't see you as much of a challenge. And then you could win in that way. Maybe. I feel like people like that do kind of sneak up on you, you know, because they mm -hmm. want to get rid of the biggest threat. Yes, exactly. Be kind of like in the background, yeah, and then I'd be like, "Boom! I was a big threat." Yeah, 
Because all the outspoken people are the ones that are like, I'm going to win this competition. And those are the people that have the targets on their back. But you would be like subtly just sneaking in there. And then they wouldn't even yeah. realize you were a threat until it's already too late. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm just here to get off work. <laughs> here to have a good time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if I knew more about reality TV shows, I might ask you some questions about that one. But unfortunately, that's uh, way out of uh, my wheelhouse. So you don't want to ask me the greatest reality TV show? I'll ask time? you, but I don't. I can't confirm or deny that it's true what you're saying. But let me know what you think the greatest reality TV show is. The Bachelor. <laughs> and what's so great about it? I love it so much. I've watched it ever since the very first season, which was like... Damn, that's a long-ass time. Yeah, because there's been like, I don't even know, like 40 iterations of it now. Like, it's so much... I was probably in high school or something um it's just it's I can't even explain it it's not like I watch it and I'm like oh I'm getting um taken away by this love story or like some of them do actually like get married and like have kids and right. stuff. so it does out for some of them I guess but, but that's not the appeal like, for you no and I think the appeal for me is it's super dramatic and like ridiculous stupid arguments happen and it can be crazy but the production is so high like they do it so well that it doesn't feel trashy to me at all so mm. i think that's why i like it a lot <laughs> so you're gonna say that the production is what makes it the best it really does have great production yeah. like i i get really addicted it's really addicting like I'll, i had raul over the other day and he watched like two episodes never having watched it before right. and then he texted me like a week later and he's like you haven't watched any more of it yet have you and i was like uh, <laughs> yeah so it's just really good well, that's frightening it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> what's the I what's really the best like version of it like as far as like because they have the bachelor bachelorette they have like other things i'm assuming yeah they have bachelor in paradise they used to have something called bachelor games or i I think it was called Bachelor Games, which was a little bit kind of like Big Brother, and it stressed me out yeah. because it also involved like love. So people were pretending to like other people to get ahead, and that kind of sucked. Yeah. That was stressful. Um, I mean, I like just the plain old Bachelor Bachelorette the best. I can't really pick which I like more than the other because I don't know. Maybe Bachelorette because it's a bunch of guys. <laughs> you like to see the guys compete with each other. Kind of, but then the bachelors, there's usually the girls are a little bit um, cattier, mm. so it tends to lead to a little more drama. But I don't know; it goes either way. So I like them both. It's I, I have I've never seen the show, so I'm curious. Like in the situation with the Bachelorette, where you have a bunch of guys competing for each other, how are these guys like? Are they selling the fact like th they're in love with the person like right away as well? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. But I, I really think, like, it's funny because people are like, oh, that's so stupid, that's impossible, blah, 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 which I think they kind of forget. I feel like the psychology of it, you are in a house, they don't have access to cell phones, they don't have any TV, they don't have any entertainment, all they're doing is thinking about this girl. Mm. It's like Stockholm Syndrome, basically, and you're in a competition environment, so you want her to like you the best, you're trying to get something and then that's all you're thinking about like of course it's going to heighten any sort of feeling that you have like right. i think there's no possible way that if you had any interest in that person that it wouldn't like elevate your feelings for them by a hundred percent you know right do you think that would happen to you uh, i don't know <laughs> i get nervous to go on a show like that because i don't think i would handle it well I mean, if I didn't like them, then I would probably be really apathetic about the whole thing. But if I did like them, I just could see myself because, you know, I say really mean things that I think are funny. Yeah. And I could see them editing that in such a way that it makes me look like the villain. <laughs> so I, I don't think I would um, want to be yeah, portrayed that way. Yeah, I would get nervous to go on because I think that I would literally have to just say nothing the whole time or else I would look like a really bad person. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be a tricky thing to try to accomplish, I, but... <laughs> I don't know if I would, like, um, fall in love right off the bat because there are some people that go on and they get towards the end and they're like, well, I don't know if I could, like, 
marry you right away, but I would like to date you. Like there are some people that remain pretty logical the whole way through. I can just see how it's easy to get carried away or like have heightened sense of emotions in that sort of environment. Yeah, I can appreciate that theory. Mm-hmm. But it seems it doesn't seem like you'd be good for the competition if you're towards the end and you're like, I don't know if I could marry this person because that seems like like almost too honest for the sh- good of the show. <laughs> yeah, there are some people like that and they're just like, because uh, that happened this last season. She was like, I mean, I really like you. Like, I like you a lot, but I I don't know if I could see you proposing to me in two weeks, right. but I would still like to keep dating you. And it's like, oh, well, I'm here to get married, so probably can't really continue. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, did she not get, did she get eliminated? Uh, not that episode, but like the next one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it's good for your like long term success on the show. No, but I mean good for her for not lying because <laughs> I could also see I could also see myself being like to- totally because you want to get <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, mm-hmm. that was not one of the questions that we had it planned, but thank you for your insight on the topic that I'm very ignorant about. You're welcome. Um. So I think, well, I also really liked to catch a predator. (laughs) (laughs) That show does not seem fun at all. Have you watched it? I've seen clips of it, but it just seems like so uncomfortable. And I don't know. It just seems so it doesn't seem like a fun watch. It seems like especially if you're a parent, like then you have to be thinking about all these people are out there. I don't know. That seems like more stressful than any of the stuff you've described so far. I don't know if they could get away with that show now because it just seems a little like, I don't even know what the word is, but it doesn't seem like something you should be uh, using for entertainment. <laughs> I, guess. I understand that. Yes. Yeah. But at the time, cause I was, I was watching it when I was in high school and I used to talk to dudes online all the time. <laughs> and like, I always liked older guys. So I, I like sometimes I would feel bad because like some of them were old and gross and they were talking to like 13 year olds and it was like, oh, my God, like mm. crazy. And I think one of them, they found like ropes in his car or right. something. It was like, but the confrontation was like always the best. Like they go in thinking they're going to meet this girl and it's whatever his face is. And he's like, uh, hi, it's me. I don't know. It was just it was a nuts, like bonkers show. But sometimes there were people that were like the guy would be like. 21 and he just got back from war and he was in the military and he was talking to a girl that he thought was 16 and like yeah that's fucked up but like i just felt kind of like there was some where i felt like a little bad for them and that probably is not going to make me look <laughs> very good right now <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know if you want to come off as a pedophile sympathizer but i am not a pedophile <laughs> sympathizer i just felt like i feel like these guys like were in war they're in i don't know no, there were some where I felt a little. You didn't feel like they them. were being as predatory as maybe some of the other people on the show. Right. Right. I think there are. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about you know, it. but that's perfect though because this actually is a perfect segue for one of the questions that we're going to talk about today, which is okay. what is the greatest controversial artist? Okay, I have one, and this is my true answer, but it's also an answer that will resonate with you, which is Michael Jackson. Yep, that was going to be my second choice. Is your first choice Woody Allen? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that make my myself too known to people sometimes. Yeah, I knew that, but um, I legitimately feel that way. It's even in, in the documentary that you watch... Um, the I can't remember the name of the boy who was now a man who was molested and he was talking about it he was saying like even if he's in a restaurant and a Michael Jackson song comes on like he'll find himself tapping along to it because he just can't help it and then he realizes like oh this is the guy who molested me it's just so hard he's yeah but he's ingrained in like everything in pop culture Mm -hmm. and he was so great like it's it's so hard to not like his music right. because of the things that he did. Like I find it almost impossible. <clears throat> I, I've I've pretty much given up on this at this point, which I think could be a case for why you're right that Michael Jackson is the greatest controversial artist <laughs> because he's so good that nobody wants to accept that he did terrible things. Like uh, that documentary came out, and I was just kind of like, oh man, I don't know how I feel about this. I, you know, my kids were listening to a lot of Michael Jackson at the time. I stopped playing Michael Jackson in the car with them. But then 
flash forward a couple months and I'm doing Michael Jackson songs at karaoke. So I feel like he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I just like was like, oh yeah, that documentary. Uh, I'm just gonna ignore that. <laughs> Maybe this is a cop out, but it was something I heard on um, Armchair Expert Dak Shepard's podcast, and he was saying, I don't know if it was about Michael. It might have been about Michael Jackson in particular, but basically all people throughout history who have done great things, but also really bad things. Like, right. yeah, he did these terrible horrible things but there are so many people who love his music who are affected by his music his music brings so much joy to like should we have to suffer because of the things that he did and like not be able to enjoy that anymore i don't know <laughs> it's a tough I don't one know. <laughs> i think uh, uh, with with controversial artists you almost have to accept like you know what, you're right, and this is fucked up, and I agree that it's messed up, and maybe I shouldn't like him, but it's also, like, a little too late. Like, I already kind of, it's too late. I already enjoyed it. Yeah, it, that, that's kind of the thing. It's like, I had listened to him. He's one of my sister's favorite. My sister has Michael Jackson tattoos, and, Whoa. like, my sister, yeah, yeah. My sister is one of the people who does not believe that it happened, right. and I fully believe it. I accept it. Like, I 100% think that he did and if we talk about it, she gets really mad with me. And she's like, you don't actually think that. Like, she she gets really defensive. And I'm just like, okay, like, we won't talk, talk about, about it. this. It's fine. Yeah, but we listen to him all the time from the time, like, ever since I was born, probably. And so it's like something, you, it's kind of hard to turn off, right. you know. Like maybe Michael Jackson just came out. And then, right. you know, like, you, it's been too long, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah because the enjoyment already happened it's already in our systems if we hear the song we can't really help but like it yeah. i think it's like in a situation like me i really uh you know i'm a big fan of woody allen and i'm not gonna watch any of his new movies like i okay. i don't i haven't watched any of his new movies since i think probably like <clears throat> midnight in paris or something like that was maybe the last new movie of his that i saw it was like the last good one he had. I yeah, think. I guess. I haven't heard great things about the ones that followed. I think some people said one other one was really good or whatever. Maybe the one with Louis C.K., I think, right? People said that one was good. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, two reasons not to check out that particular movie. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, it's tough. It's Yeah, it's difficult. But, yeah, I'm th that's a good example of a person that can be controversial. It's too late. I already like Annie Hall. Like, I can't go back and dislike Annie Hall yeah. or Take the Money and Run or Sleep or any of these movies. It's already too late. Like, I already like those. But I cannot support him now by not watching his new stuff. So, well, I want to say two things about this. Okay, okay. so one is I, I just went to Vegas recently um like the very I, like a couple months ago and I went with my sister and my mom and it was their first time in Vegas and my sister really wanted to go because she wanted to see the Michael Jackson one Cirque du Soleil show and I was like okay like whatever it's like it's my sister's favorite musician like I'm gonna go with her so we went and like the whole time I'm thinking about it you know I'm like oh, this is weird like I don't know but I love him, so I'm enjoying it. And the whole thing was, like, really emotional, actually. And, like, it was a very good show. But then we're in the gift shop after, and she's buying stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I would never, like, I would never wear a Michael Jackson. Like, I just went to this show, and I enjoyed it. But I am not going to fucking walk around mm -hmm. with a Michael Jackson sweatshirt on. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And I, I'm like, I think you need to be, like, a little delicate yeah that. i understand that for sure and also in the situation like this where you're going to watch a show this is like a perfect example people that were inspired and love the music and creating art separate from him so it's almost like that's like the perfect way to enjoy michael jackson still is to go and watch a show like that where artists that are unrelated to what he did are able to express themselves and put on a show in their own way okay but then i have an opposite example so I loved the Cosby show. Right. And I watched it all the time and I watched reruns all the time, even as an adult. And now I cannot watch the Cosby show. It grosses me out. Like I hate it now. So I don't know why it's different. For <sighs> I don't know either. It's <laughs> a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe something's like, I don't know. Res with you, 
I don't I guess Billsby isn't as impactful as Michael Jackson, that's for sure. And music like hits you a different way. But I yeah, I guess because you have to like watch him on the show. Right. You have to look at him. He's His personality to be, like, and stuff, yeah. Wholesome guy. Yeah, I guess that's probably it. I'm sure. And like it's clear to everybody that Michael Jackson was mentally ill. Not that that excuses it, but right. it's just like Bill Cosby was trying to pretend to this one totally different thing, mm-hmm. still denied to this day, and then had this portrayal of this like perfect family guy. Right. So I guess it's different. Yeah, you're watching okay. the you're watching the con as it's happening in a way. Yeah. Okay. I answered my own question. Thank <laughs> you for helping me. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So you know these people they did they did some pretty horrible things. Um, but that's a perfect segue for our next thing, which is <laughs> on the topic of horror, I guess. Um, yeah. Maybe some fictional horrors. You know, the 2010s is almost like considered like a renaissance for new horror movies and stuff like that. I know you're a fan of the genre. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell me what you think is the greatest horror movie of the 2010s? So I can't because I was thinking about this and I was like, this is one that I do not have a direct answer to because, like you said, there were so many fucking great horror movies in two th- in the 2010s. Like, yeah. and it's my favorite genre. So I've seen most of them and it's just like, they're, it's impossible to pick. Like I loved green room. There was, it follows. That's when hereditary came out, the new it that I really loved. Oh, and yeah, then like, uh, yeah, the conjuring came out in the 2010s. Like, um, the remake of the right one in came out in 2010. Human Centipede 2 came out in the 2010. <laughs> Wait, when did Human Centipede 1 come out? I think it was 2009. Oh, so I missed the mark. I know. I wrote down some movies. Yeah, I had written down some too. I don't know if I have my... Sinister, which I think is underrated. Yeah. Oh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, Cabin in the Woods was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the Evil Dead remake came out. Scream 4, which I really, really love. <laughs> that okay. one would probably be on less list of greatest movies of uh, the 2010s. Greatest, but it, it was, was good. A, it was a revival that was very fun that came back. Um, oh, have you seen Creep? No. That one is actually legitimately creepy. It'll make you feel weird. What happened? To my, I had a list of, of uh, examples of horror movies that were good in that time period, but I can't find it now. Damn it. Mm. Well, anyways, the skin, I, the skin I live in back out, that was really good. Well, yeah, but also, you know, it was a big decade for critically acclaimed horror films. Also like get out was nominated for best picture. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people yeah. that thought certain people should have been nominated for certain roles. Like um, the mom from hereditary. A lot of people thought she should have been nominated for best actress, stuff like that, you know, or, uh, Florence Pugh, I think her last name is from Midsummer. Mm. A lot of people thought she should have been right. nominated for an Oscar. She killed that role. Yeah. I don't know if you, do you consider Annihilation to be a horror movie? <sighs> that's a tough I feel like that's one of those middle ground movies, kind of like Science of the Lambs, where it's like, oh, well, I guess it could be considered horror or it could be considered like a thriller. It's tough to say. Jake Raul and I were talking about this the other day and when the bear screams with the human voice that's like more terrifying <laughs> than I think anything that I've seen in a really long time that was scary right and that movie is just really good well I wonder if there's a way that we can narrow this down a little bit because you're right it was a great decade <laughs> <laughs> but you... I did I loved it um I think way more than a lot of people. Like I saw it in theaters maybe like four times. Whoa. I just thought it was like a great, I was like, I didn't, I don't know. I thought it was a great coming of age story. I thought it was really, um, what's it called when something reminds you of old times? I can't think <laughs> nostalgic. Of yeah. Nostalgic. I don't know. I just like something about it. Like I, I just really loved the remake of it, but who um has horror as their number one genre i'm sure people will be ashamed picking that movie but that's one that like really like i really really love yeah the new it not the second one though i mean if you if you were to say that the it was the greatest horror movie of the 2010s you'd have some data to back it up it was like one of the top grossing horror movies of all time right like box office wise it was like hit pretty hard it was really well critically received you know yeah 
there there's a lot of stuff but going for it and that's so hard for me to say though i don't know <laughs> if i agree with that i really i liked gosh i don't know i liked us a lot too yeah that one did pretty well also but it was a little more polarizing I think you, if you, yeah, if you were to say that was the greatest horror movie of the 2010s, you'd have people be like, oh, well, what about this movie? What about this movie? Yeah. Um, Ready or Not was really good. Did you watch that? I did. I really wanted to. I need you to make me a list oh. of like 2010 horror movies that I might have missed already. <laughs> and maybe okay. I can go back and, and check some of these out. Because I still, I, everybody keeps telling me to watch Green Room. I haven't watched it yet. I need to. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I would put Cabin in the Woods up there too, because I thought it was a really smart horror comedy that was really effective. Yeah, that one made it into the two thousand tens. Okay. Are you doubting that? Should no, I, I just I think I just thought I know it was like yeah I don't know I just forgot I thought I it was think older. People, I think people would probably vote The Conjuring a lot. Yeah, and I would vote against that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I loved it, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it just because I think so many people were legitimately scared by it. Right. Which I don't remember. I mean, I don't really get scared during scary movies a lot, so yeah, I don't think. I, I, I would it, have said. What? I was going to say I would. I was going to put Paranormal Activity in there, but that didn't come out. That came out before the 2010s. Mm. I liked, I thought that was effective. <laughs> yeah, I think there just needs to be a little bit more in a horror movie in order, like uh, Conjuring wasn't my cup of tea, but also I feel like there's all these other horror movies that were able to like bring in elements that were so much greater than just the genre itself. Like Get Out was just a good movie, period. Like even if you don't like yeah. horror, like it's just like, you, it's undeniably a good movie. So I feel like right. something like that, you have to take into account like, oh, this is, this could be considered greater than the other one because it'll re be remembered amongst all these other movies of that decade or that year you know it just kind of holds above some other things for certain reasons well that's what i feel about hereditary too which people probably won't i know some people who hate 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 that movie how is I that possible i don't know but i think it's a great movie in and of itself i mean it's like really like a family drama at the heart of it as well, which I thought, I, I don't think a lot of people don't like movies that make them feel dreadful, mm. but if a movie makes you feel dreadful, that's like my favorite thing. <laughs> so I really liked Hereditary a lot. I actually agree with you on that. Um, to a certain extent, there's some movies that'll just like bum you out to the point where it's like, this isn't even fun anymore. Like I felt that way about Blue Valentine. It was a little too depressing. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Movie. I like yeah. that movie too, but it was like, um, it was that other one that was very similar to it. Uh, oh man, it was a couple. It was right around that same time period, and it was with that guy from Star Trek that was also in Green Room. I can't think of his name right now. Antoine Yeah, or whatever. It was him. Oh, are you talking about the one where his girlfriend is from England? England yeah. And she I can't remember what that's called, but yeah. I can't remember the name of it either, but I thought that was great. And that was the perfect amount of dread <laughs> where it was like, oh, they're back together. And now they realize that they're not into each other anymore. That yeah. did that did it for me. Blue Valentine is a little too okay. much in that direction. But back to Hereditary. That, that's going to be my pick for best horror movie of the 2010s. I saw that movie and I, I, I was like, how is this not like the most talked about movie ever? Like this is like the this, it just blew my mind. That people weren't yeah. also blown away by how fucking awesome this movie was. Yeah. It had, I would, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. It had everything that works for me. Like it had some stuff that was real fucked up, like her head <laughs> uh, coming off. And then they just held that that shot for a really long time. And then you, like, I felt the way that that kid felt when he was just sitting in his car and he could not turn around. Yeah. Like the shock of like not. Like I just every the way they shot everything. Like I felt every single thing that they wanted you to feel. Right. Because if he turns around and he sees that that happened, then it's real and he cannot cope Except with it. that. So he just gets out of the car, goes straight to his room. Like I, I everything about that movie I thought was done super well. And mm -hmm. in the end, it's actually like kind of scary. Like it's it's really hard to scare me. Mm -hmm. But like when she's 
on the top of the roof on the ceiling and you're not expecting that you're like oh shit yeah. like I, yeah it was really good yeah it's a, it's a perfect combination of everything you could have in a horror movie because it's like just creepy disturbing uncomfortable it's got some jump scares in there that are effective it's unique you really can't tell where it's gonna go so i feel like it's i mean it just yeah it's it's so good <laughs> yeah i agree i agree <laughs> okay let's go on to the next question then i don't mm -hmm. know even though you were pretty undecided on that one. <laughs> I, like, it's so hard. I mean, I just love horror movies. Yeah, and I agree that it is, it is a really solid decade. It would be very tough. And there's so many other... I mean, if I had to do a second place, I would probably have to go get out. I mean, that was so good. Yeah. But um, let's let's move away from that um, into... Um, let's go on this one. This is... Uh, I can't find a good... Uh, <laughs> way to like transition into the next topic so i'm just gonna go ahead and just do the 90s sitcom what is the greatest 90s sitcom so you should have known what i was gonna pick and you could have transitioned to this after the michael jackson bill cosby uh, i wasn't sure if you were gonna go in that direction but i guess really? yeah what else would you that i would have said I know there's a lot of solid 90s sitcoms no but none as good as Roseanne. <laughs> So you're going to Roseanne for this one. Okay, tell me. Yeah. A lot of people that get asked this question, I think, if you were to, like, Google search what's the best 90s sitcom or ask around to some people, some people might go, like, a Friends or, you know, like a, a, a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or something like that. Yeah, I think a lot of people would choose Friends. I'm not going to say that Friends is overrated, I guess. I just have personal – I think Friends is fine. Right. I think it's enjoyable. It's never made me laugh. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's like okay. Right. I guess I understand why people love it. So I won't say it's overrated, but that would never even be in like a top five for me. Right. Um but yeah, I just love Roseanne. It's still my favorite show. I f I like it's not I'm not saying this was like because I don't think I think that's so annoying when people are like, I'm not an easy laugh, but I don't think it's easy to make me laugh out loud right. while I'm watching stuff and it still makes me laugh out loud even though I've seen each episode like 20 times right um it was one of the first shows that had a woman that wasn't just like a housewife and wasn't secondary to the male characters she was like the matriarch of the house she made shit happen she had a big personality and she didn't take shit from anyone and I think like honestly I think growing up watching that show really influenced a lot of who I am nice. now. Yeah. Um, and she was very kind of like snarky, which I feel like I <laughs> probably am. And I think it was really well, a lot of it, because some of it is not as good, but a lot of it was really well written. There's really great jokes. And contrary to the type of person that she is now, it was a show that was really... Um, Progressive. I yeah, it was really progressive and leaned, I felt like it leaned left, even though it was about like the working class family, but it was like the first show to show a lesbian kiss. Um, there was like issues with, there was an episode where her son didn't want to kiss a black girl in the play and they like delved into that and like why that's not right. right. And just like a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't think of when you think about them today. So that's one thing where I totally put, that aside, like, I'm like, I don't care that that bitch is crazy and is <laughs> horrible stuff. Like, that is completely separate right. to the band that I know and, like, everything that that show stood for, for me. Definitely. And also, I mean, to be fair, as far as, like, controversial entertainers go, I mean, what's the big controversy with her is that she said some fucked up stuff on Twitter? Yeah, well, I mean, I think people don't like that she's a staunch conservative which you know that's oh yeah i forgot thing. she was involved in politics a little bit <laughs> uh, yeah she gets really involved but it was just that one of her tweets was pretty racist mm. and i think she says a lot of she's mentally ill for sure and she just says a lot of crazy shit and i don't know if she actually believes it just it's hard for me to believe that she actually believes that just based on the right. show that she had for so long that was her show but it's possible. yeah i don't know yeah, I don't, yeah know. I don't know i never got into it i never even knew really about the show at all or its existence i don't I, what channel was it on because i don't remember even seeing it like scrolling through 
TV when I was younger or anything like that? I'm not sure. Maybe ABC. I, I honestly, I couldn't, I don't remember what network it was on. Gotcha. Cause I was like, I was a kid when it was actually airing. So yeah. I don't really remember that part of it, but I don't know. I think it, and I think it's legitimately funny. Like it makes me laugh all the time. Gotcha. I hear there's that one <laughs> bad season though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which would be, I guess, season of it. Um, and it has notoriously like one of the worst series finales. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's a black mark on an otherwise good show, but it's so good that it can overcome those things? Well, I'm the type of person, like, if I really, really, really love something, I will convince myself that it's not that bad. Mm. Like, I, so, like, I'm so loyal to it that I'm like, I kind of like some episodes of the last season. Like, there's some funny stuff in there. And, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the last episode very much, but you know, it doesn't, it does not ruin the, the series show. for me. Yeah. And even like Dexter, it has one of the worst series finales and like last seasons. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like I'll try and make excuses for stuff just because I love it so much. Yeah. Once it's all over, it has, it has like less good seasons than, <laughs> than bad seasons, I think. Dexter? Yeah. Yeah, I think it should be seasons one through four. Yeah, and even a lot of people say three because it's pretty skippable. Oh, three is skippable. I thought you were going to say it ended at three, and I was like, season four no. is one of the best. Okay, yeah, no. I see where you're No, season yeah. four was probably one of the best. Yeah, season four for a while I thought was like one of the best seasons of TV. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's good to know. I'm going to go for my pick on this one. I'm going to say Boy Meets World, best 90s sitcom. Uh <laughs> and it's 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 underrated for sure yeah. um i think very unappreciated for whatever reason but uh i'm having all of my friends uh watch the show for the first time so we're all like because we're all separated so we're watching we all watched lord of the rings together now we're all watching boy meets world together and they're going through the episodes and it they're enjoying it a lot so far they think it's really funny i've been showing it to the kids the kids love it so that's like uh you know Still, all this time later, people of different ages can enjoy the show. And growing up, it had so many, like, awesome lessons. Like, it's definitely the most, like, heartfelt and, like, thoughtful of all the sitcoms, I think. Because they incorporate all this, like, history and literature into their, like, daily lives. And I just remember loving that so much when I was younger. And then stumbling across I certain things when I went to school and be like, oh, I remember this from Boy Meets World. I agree, and it's probably in my top five, too, and they do that without being overly cheesy, like some sitcoms like Full House and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, uh, Full House is very cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Boy Meets World still holds up. It's great. I still have a crush on Sean. <laughs> Um, which I was talking to my friend about this the other day. I'm like, if I watch Boy Meets World and I'm attracted to Sean, <laughs> is that wrong? Because when it came out, yeah. when it came out, Sean was older than me. So I don't know. Yeah, that's if it's okay. Yeah, that's true. I guess it depends what season, because he does become an adult at some point. Yeah. I was actually thinking, um, I was like, they better not fucking get Mr. Feeney with this coronavirus. Like I'm like, he needs to stay inside yeah. and everyone needs day from him because he's so old i know yeah and he's a gem i follow i follow him on instagram you should too what i didn't even know he had it i wouldn't have thought he'd have an instagram he does he didn't post a ton but he has an instagram yeah i love it oh my god i'm definitely gonna follow mr feeney on instagram <laughs> yeah and that last episode where everybody leaves the class and they're like just say i love you and mm -hmm. he won't and then leave and he's like i love you it's so good <laughs> there's some great great stuff right there yeah and going through it there's so many jokes so many jokes i didn't catch when i was younger that i'm appreciating now as an adult and it is very funny very well written show what do you think about this because this happened in roseanne as well so eric starts as like a pretty normal character mm -hmm. he's like the older brother who's kind of like a dick yeah a little bit popular but a, but a normal person yes and then by the end of the ser series, he's like a character yeah. of himself, basically like this crazy guy mm -hmm. who's like out there. And like, that's kind of how it was on Roseanne too. Um, Jackie, the sister in the beginning, like pretty normal, mm -hmm. you know, has her like 
quirks, whatever. And then as the series goes on, gets more and more wacky. And it's just like, what do you think about that? Well, I was actually, I've been watching some YouTube videos that dissect pop culture. And it, it, every show has that. They call it the flanderization of a character, which is based off mm -hmm. of Flanders from The Simpsons, how, you know, religion became his whole identity. And every show does that to an extent. I... Uh, really like it for Eric because I think he gets funnier as the show goes on and also yeah. have heard interviews with the actor who was talking about how he really didn't feel like that cool popular guy that Eric is in the beginning of the show he was he related much more to the really stupid Eric <laughs> that came in the later season yeah. so I also get to appreciate the fact that the actor enjoyed playing that more than the stuff in the beginning of the series so I like it I understand that it, every show has this character where it's like, if this person existed, they wouldn't be able to function in the world. <laughs> yeah. So. The, those two shows are like the most, the shows that I think of the most when I think of like very dramatic changes. Like I like it too. It was for the better. I think in Boy Meets World and also in Roseanne, she became funnier as the show went on. And like some of the things that make me laugh most in the show are from her yeah but i just think if you watch the very first episode and then the very last episode without any context you would probably be like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah did this like, person have an injury between like, seasons <laughs> yeah like honestly like especially with eric i would think that he had a head injury mm -hmm. or something yeah yeah which i think they do allude to that in, in a couple of jokes throughout the series but he injured himself. Yeah, I think uh, his dad makes a joke at one point. I forget when in the series it is that he took a ride in the dryer. Oh. <laughs> so, That's funny. you know, it could happen. Speaking of horror, though, Boy Meets World has... Oh. oh, both of them, actually. But they have very good Halloween episodes that actually scared me when I was a kid. Yep. I don't know what and you're talking were, about for Roseanne, they, but... <laughs> well Roseanne's favorite holiday was Halloween mm. so they always went all out for the Halloween episodes oh. they weren't scary but they were just they were just like really cool okay and they always played they always played Halloween pranks on each other so mm. they would like pretend to get injured or hurt someone just like shit like gotcha. that so both of the shows that are one of my favorites had very strong horror influences Links. which is funny yeah perfect but that boy meets world episode where they're stuck in the library yeah. And somebody's murdering all of them. And then at the end, you find out it's like Sean. Mm -hmm. That's deep. <laughs> that that could explain the attraction also. <laughs> That's true. He was a murderer. <laughs> Not a real one, but yeah. You saw that. You saw it, yeah. though. It all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into our next question, which I think might be actually we doing on time we're doing pretty good on time but you know what i think i'm gonna skip one of these just so that we're we don't go which over which one um let's actually let's do this next one because i think it's uh, important and if we have time i'll throw in one, uh, one more but um you and me did a podcast for a good period of time um okay, oh actually yes, there's okay. a couple questions that i'm skipping actually and for wait but i'll give you really short answers to them because I have them. And if it's the Denny's one, I want to say it. Well, that was the one I wanted to delve into. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, for what for our anniversary uh, uh, celebration, you, me, Raul, all went to Denny's. Because <laughs> you mm -hmm. guys really enjoyed Denny's. <laughs> and so for you on this very uh, special, because it's a very special memory. So I want to know what you think is the greatest item on the Denny's menu. The Denny's spaghetti and meatballs, <laughs> hands down. It's... <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, and I get it every time, and people are always, oh, like they do not believe us that it's good. And I swear, it's like, I mean, I'm like, obviously, it's not like Michelin star Italian. I've had spaghetti and meatballs in nicer Italian places, but I have not liked as much as <laughs> it's good. And it comes with garlic bread that's really good. Yeah. I think so many people would be surprised. I've even heard people say jokes about who gets spaghetti and meatballs at Denny's. Oh, I'm like, that's one thing that I've been talking to Raul about. I'm like, when this is all over, we're going to Denny's. <laughs> we're getting spaghetti 
<laughs> and then a peanut butter banana milkshake. I mean, you could take it to go. Yeah, I just like there's something about being at Denny's at 2 a.m. You know what I mean? I don't want to like it. I like it, but I'm not. It's my favorite thing at Denny's, but I'm not going to go to, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, You're not going to do Denny's takeout. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> right. So you'll 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 you're swear by the swear by the Denny's uh, spaghetti meatballs then. Like without a question, I know a lot of people would probably say moons over my hammies or something. I've never even had that before. That seems like bullshit to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the most talked about items on that menu, but you've never even tried it. I know. No, hmm. I've had a lot of. I just well, I don't like ham, so I guess it's not fair for me to say that. Right. But. I've had a lot of things on the Denny's menu, but mm-hmm. so I can confidently say spaghetti and meatballs. Gotcha. But what about you? Um, I'm going to go. They have a, a, I forget what it's called, but it's basically a grilled cheese sandwich that has mozzarella sticks inside of it. Oh, yeah. I remember you liking that a lot. <laughs> and it's only $4. It's on the two, four, six, eight menu. $4 mm-hmm. for this fucking delicious sandwich. And if you get that, you really don't want the eat anything else it's so filling and it will give you a stomach yeah. ache because of all the cheese that you're eating yeah. but it is so fucking delicious i try to make it myself uh because i think denny's had discontinued it from the menu at one point and i was like so bummed out about it I went to denny's one time i would try to order the sandwich it wasn't there anymore and so i went home and tried to cre- recreate it myself using mozzarella sticks from the 99 cent store and it was uh the worst thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> <laughs> So I, what was bad about it? It just destroyed my stomach. I oh, felt so sick. I, and I, did that, it taste good? It wasn't even as good taste. It was fine, but it was not as good as the Denny's one. So it was not great. Yeah. And then on top of that, it made my stomach feel really bad. And I think it was shortly after that that I started having to go to the doctor for like over acidity in my stomach or something like that. <laughs> So I feel like it was like the thing that triggered um, my stomach problems. Yeah, I think the thing that triggered my ulcer aside from alcohol was probably <laughs> I would get I would get pokey like a couple times a week. And every time, every time I would be like, I think I made it too spicy today, but I would do the same thing oh, every shit. time. And I would be, like, crying while I was eating it and sweating it. And, I was, like, my nose would be running. But I, but I just loved it so much. And I ate that probably, like, twice a week for several months. Whoa. And then shocked by the fact that I had burned the <laughs> hole in my stomach. <laughs> oh, no. So I didn't, I didn't know you liked spicy food yeah. so much. Um. Yeah, I do. I think the only thing... There was something the other day that I don't like spicy that people were surprised by because I like spicy food, but now I can't remember what it is. But yeah, for the most part, I like spicy food. Interesting. So have you toned it down Mm -hmm. since then? So. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, I was in like debilitating pain for like two weeks. Every time I ate anything, I was like hunched over in pain in bed for hours and I didn't know what was going on. And the doctor's like, had to do a bunch of stuff before they could determine that it was an ulcer. So for a long time, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to feel like this forever. And then once they determined it was an ulcer and they gave me medication, the medication started helping. And it seems to help no matter what I eat. So (laughs) it's terrible. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I I was good for a while, but now I'm eating spicy food again. Right. I don't drink as much at all. Okay, that's nice. It's also like, tougher to like party right now that you're stuck at home all the time. Well, a lot of people are like using quarantine and getting drunk like every day because yeah. they don't know what else to do. Well, when we talked before, it seemed like the thing you had trouble with was being out with people and being like having that option to drink so that you can be more social. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it is. If I'm home, I don't like I don't feel the urge to drink by myself or like hanging out with people like yeah so it's been like that's been fairly easy for me i probably haven't gotten drunk in like a month gotcha Mm -hmm. pretty good all right well we're still doing pretty good so let's do one more question okay i'll let you pick which one do you want to answer or you want to do short Uh, answers and then we'll just do both of them 
Yeah, I can do a short answer one for sure. Okay, which one did you want to do? <laughs> the dog one would be a really short answer. Okay, what's yours? So I was at first I was like fictional dog and I was only thinking animated characters right. and then I was like oh no it could be any oh man I dog. think we're in, oh I wonder if I I think I know where you're going with this <laughs> I don't think you do actually okay. but I'm curious to see what you're think what you're thinking because I was having a hard time um, and I don't even know that I fully stand by this maybe I'm just not thinking of something but um, I was gonna say the dog Vincent from Lost okay because, yeah because. Have you seen all of Lost no. or any of it? Okay, well, I'm going to ruin a little bit of it for you because you're never going to watch it anyways True. and it's been out long enough. Um, <laughs> so if you don't want a Lost spoiler, then skip ahead like two minutes or whatever. But um, every time you see him throughout the series, I'm so stoked that he's still alive. Like I get really happy. Um, and then the very last um, episode, Jack dies. And he's like in the forest or not the forest, but the jungle or whatever it is. Yeah. And he's laying there and he's about to die. And then all of a sudden Vincent comes out of nowhere and he lays next to Jack while he's dying. So he doesn't die alone. And it's so sweet. <laughs> it made me cry. So I would say Vincent, the dog from Lost. Okay. And that's a nice reversal from what usually happens, which is the dog dies. <laughs> and, oh, then, yeah. and then the person comes and you know goes up next to him okay i thought well, you I think, what i was gonna say i think that was it for me too because everything so many bad things happen on that show and so many things go wrong so i kept getting scared the dog mm. was gonna die you know and it, he made it the whole way gotcha. so that was such a, yeah makes sense yeah I thought you were going to go a different direction, but I can understand why you want the dog that didn't die versus a dog that might have. Because my pick for best fictional dog is uh, Samantha from I Am Legend. I thought about that. I thought about that. But, yeah, I don't know. It's too hard. <laughs> but, I mean, great great for a film, great movie death. <laughs> you know, very emotional yeah. part of the movie for sure. Definitely. And it's so emotional because you love the dog so much, you know, they do a so. great job of making it seem like a very uh, personable dog. It's like almost like a kid with him the whole time. It's like, yeah, they, they yeah. do a really good job. It's one of those dogs that's like, oh, man, like if you don't have a dog, you're like, I want a dog watching that dog from I Am Legend. Didn't you make fun of me, though, because I told you that I cry every time I see that scene and you were like, my kids didn't even cry. I didn't make fun of you. I posted about it on Face. This is actually funny because it popped up as a memory recently. And uh, I said, we're watching I Am Legend right now. Um, the kids, I think Athena said, oh, that's a cute dog. I hope it doesn't die. Oh. <laughs> and then afterwards, they, 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 they did. They got emotional, but it just was not as hard for them as other emotional scenes that they had seen. I see. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they had. I took it pretty hard. I think we, we had seen like Homeward Bound a couple weeks prior or something like that. And Hugo cried mm -hmm. a lot at the end of that movie. But. I don't remember what happens at the end. Nobody dies, but it's just an emotional ending because they're reunited. And it was just, you know, it was emotional in a different way. Yeah. And I think they also saw I, it coming. <laughs> yeah. I cry in Airbud when he is trying to make the dog leave. I forgot why he needs to make him leave. Yeah. There's, I think there's someone after them or something, but he's like, go get uh -huh. away from me. Get out of here. And the dog's all sad and he doesn't understand <laughs> why he wants to like that part. Makes me cry too. Yeah. I, I would say Airbud's my second place for this one. I mean, what a cool dog, yeah, right? Seriously. He probably deserves first place. I'm sorry. He, he's not getting it, but he really, you know, <laughs> He played basketball. He's so pretty amazing. badass. I know. Yeah, that's kind of tough to beat that. But I mean, Samantha survived the apocalypse for a good amount of time. And Vincent survived the island on Lost. So. That's not bad either. Yeah, these are all impressive animals. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't, how come nobody ever has a cat in these movies? David, <laughs> that's important. Well, there's like, I guess people would say like the cat from Sabrina, the Teenage Witch or something. I don't know. Yeah. I can't even think of another fictional cat. Why wouldn't you have a cat during the apocalypse, though? Because they're boring? <laughs> I don't know. I guess you can't have it do things or help you with things. They're just not as much of, like, I'm not a cat hater or anything, but I don't feel like there's much of a buddy. If, like, I was going to spend the apocalypse with something, I would want something that was more of, like, a friend. Yeah. They're good hunters, though. They'd probably be able to, like, hold their own. Like hunting like a mouse or something? Yeah, that's all they need. 
I guess. I guess dogs yeah, are I too, mean, and they can help you hunt bigger things. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a more practical too, animal, yeah. right? I'll give you that yeah. one. <laughs> okay, well, you know, we're not doing too bad. So let's let's just go uh, on the last one, which is what is the uh, greatest piece of advice that you've ever gotten okay. or can give to somebody? So we talked about advice so much on our podcast. So I don't have anything like, pro, yeah, unsolicited advice. So I don't have anything profound to say, but advice that I got um, recently when I was in Vegas that was very helpful to me in regards to blackjack. Do you ever play? Never. Okay. So there are certain cards that are bust cards, which is like two through six because you assume that the other card is going to be a 10. Well, I don't want to explain the whole thing, but okay. So anyway, all the time when I get dealt like a 14 or a 15 or a 16, it's antagonizing to me whether or not you're technically not supposed to hit because odds are you'll get a 10 and then you'll bust. Right. But if the dealer has like a nine or an eight or a 10, like odds are they'll have a 10 and they'll beat you. So it's always really hard for me to be like, fuck, I don't know if I should hit or not. And sometimes I would hit and sometimes I wouldn't. And this one guy was like, look, it doesn't matter if you hit or not, but if you do hit, then every time you get a 15, you need to hit because if sometimes you do and sometimes you don't, it's like, you're going to like, it makes no sense to do that. So like pick a strategy and stick with it because sometimes it'll work out and sometimes it won't. But if you're all over the place with it, then maybe one time it would have and one time it wouldn't have. Yeah. And you're just doing yourself crazy for nothing. And I found that to be very good advice. So I do like gonna, that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, if you're going to hit on a 15 versus a dealer who has a non bust card, do it every time or none of the time, pick one, stick with it. Don't drive yourself <laughs> crazy about it. I, and I feel like that's one of those things that could apply to life. Yeah, actually. Yeah, I like it. All mm -hmm. right, here, here is mine. And I actually talked about it on our on our podcast. But for anybody that uh, that didn't listen to that and can't listen to it anymore, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, <laughs> this is something that somebody wrote about Michael Myers, the killer from Halloween. <laughs> so it says Michael Myers taught me a valuable life lesson. Don't worry about how fast everyone else is moving. If you're uh if you're determined, just move at your own pace and you'll kill it every time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just funny cuz it comes from a, a lesson that you can learn from a killer from a movie, which is just yeah. fun. I just think that's fun. But also I was watching a documentary recently about Dirty Dancing. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about all the people that didn't make it for the roles. Okay. And I just thought that was interesting. It's like, oh, these famous people that didn't get this movie early on in their career, but then went on to become like super famous, like actors and actresses and other things. So it ended up working out for them anyway. So, you know, they just kept going, kept grinding and eventually got uh, something else that was good for them and made them a lot of success. Yeah. I know that this is commonly known, but did you know that Will Smith turned down playing neo in the matrix to do wild wild west yeah <laughs> sometimes it works the opposite i guess yeah because i don't feel like his career has ever quite been the same since but you know yeah well he had success after that maybe i don't know when men in black came out no it was before men it wild wild west was after men in black. it was yes had, yeah but that was just really stupid. <laughs> he has turned down some really good roles, and I feel like your advice would have worked for him, which is, like, just just hit on it. <laughs> yeah. Just, if you're going to hit, just hit. <laughs> but I guess, I don't know, he, he plays it safe too much. He doesn't hit. He You know, he's like, oh, he doesn't want to do this controversial Django role, so he turns it down and gives it to Jamie Foxx instead. You know, but it ends up working out. I, hadn't, I didn't hear it. He turned down Django? Yeah. That's crazy to me. I can understand why you might think like, oh, a movie like The Matrix, which has never really been out before, and maybe you would think it's not going to work and this like fun Wild Wild West movie would end up being a bigger box office hit. But like to not do a Quentin Tarantino movie with like such good story yeah. and re like that doesn't make sense to me to turn down. That's really <laughs> weird. But I guess he is consistent. So maybe he does listen to your advice. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just keep making bad choices, Will. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that's all the questions that I had for you today. 
Um, so okay. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I guess just review, review. I don't know when we're going to release the next episode, but <clears throat> you can subscribe on iTunes and that's about it. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's it for the episode. Thank you for listening. I don't have a sign off anymore. You were the one that came up oh. with my last one. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. bye.